Stats can their quarterly report on cannabis prices, saying that the uh, cost, the uh, cost of between legal and illegal versions of marijuana is wide and only getting wider. Now, the uh, data reported on uh, yesterday, on Wednesday, says that the price gap between the uh, two uh, types of cannabis, illegal and uh, legal, is as wide as, how about this, nearly $5 a gram on average. $4.72 a gram on average, the difference between legal and illegal weed. Canada, of course, legalized recreational cannabis last October, but the rollout across the country has been plagued by things like delays, limited supply, and a few other uh, logistical uh, issues. And you have to wonder how much of an issue this is today and uh, moving forward. I think this is one of the big concerns we had as we moved towards a privatization was whether or not uh, legal cannabis could be competitive price-wise with illegal cannabis. Michael Armstrong is an associate professor at the Goodman School of Business at Brock University and joins us for more on this now on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Michael, good afternoon, and thanks for joining us on the program. Good afternoon. Thank you for inviting me. All right. Uh, how does StatsCan uh, get this uh, data? How do they uh, find out what the uh, average illegal price of uh, weed is compared to legal uh, cannabis? Uh, were they just hoping people would come forward? Do we know? Uh, that's actually pretty close to what they're doing. Um, okay. It's, it, it's very difficult to survey a, an illegal uh, activity because uh, people don't really want to admit to it. Uh, particularly don't want to get caught with it. Um, so, yeah, they've basically put up a website and they invite Canadians to uh, visit the website and just put in some data, okay, here's how much I bought today, here's the price I paid for it, and answer a few other questions. So when we look at these numbers, uh, although they're very interesting numbers, uh, we have to keep in mind this is not a, a rigorous scientific survey. We can't say it's accurate to within so many percentage points. It's, uh, it represents a, it's a good effort, um, but it's, it's only a very rough estimate. Okay, but what is this data, what is it uh, telling us when there's such a, a wide margin between the legal and illegal markets? Uh, well, the first thing it tells us is that, that margin exists and, in fact, uh, has grown. So um, in ways that actually fit what we would expect from classic business or economic theory. So uh, we had this established black market. It's been around in Canada for a very long time. Uh, last fall, uh, October 17th rolled around. We had the legal industry starting to compete for recreational cannabis. So, um, and we've had product shortages. So on the legal side, uh, the StatsCan numbers show the price of legal cannabis has actually increased over the past uh, six months, um, which is basically because there's a shortage. So retailers say, hey, I'm selling it out every week. I might as well raise my prices and make a few more bucks. Uh, on the other side, the black market is seeing this new competitor uh, stealing some of its market share, so it's reacting on average by lowering its prices slightly to try and keep a few more of its customers. Okay, it surprises me on the illegal side that the prices are lowered because one would think now that it's legal that uh, people feel more freer to try it and to use it and the demand would have gone up uh, on either side. Well, there's certainly some of that happening, too. Uh, anecdotally, uh, the black market, to a large extent, is thriving. Uh, there have been some very uh, public uh, crackdowns by police, for example, Hamilton and uh, Toronto, on the, uh, the openly operating uh, cannabis storefronts, the unlicensed ones. But uh, unfortunately, that is mostly just driving consumers to the covertly operating black market suppliers, the guy down the street, 
uh, or the website, which will bring cannabis to your door uh, illegally. Yeah. What is the major concern for the government moving forward here with this uh, price gap between legal and illegal uh, cannabis? Is it a, a health and safety concern uh, uh, because well, they're not controlling the supply, or is it because, you know, here in Ontario, for example, we've awarded through a lottery system business licenses to people, and uh, they uh, want and feel as if they deserve uh, protection for the product in the market? Uh, well, there's a couple of things. So first of all, right now, price the price difference doesn't really matter much. Uh, particularly Ontario, where we have very few stores, very limited supply, because the product shortages uh, for dry cannabis, not so much oil, but for the dry smokable stuff, uh, there's enough of a shortage that the uh, retailers can sell out every week, uh, even with high prices. So right now, the legal industry is basically mostly serving uh, the people who are willing to pay a large premium for the legal product. They like the fact it's been tested or like the fact that the label matches with inside, or they just like avoiding the stigma and the criminal, criminal risk of the black market. But as product supplies improve, uh, as you get more towards the average consumer, uh, well, the average cannabis consumer is probably not willing to pay you know, 80% more just for the sake of a legal product. They might be willing to pay 10% more, maybe 20%. So uh, when we get better product supplies, when we get more stores here in Ontario, then the price difference is going to make, start to make a big difference, and it's going to have to come down. Part of that will happen naturally when retailers, the legal retailers start to see they have product left in their shelf at the end of the week. Uh, then the, they'll have the natural response, just like in other industries, to lower the price to get more sales out the door. The other part, though, may have to come from the government. Uh, do they need to adjust the taxation levels? So right now there's a, uh, a minimum of a $1 a gram excise tax uh, on the products. That's not too big of an issue for premium products selling at 20 bucks a gram. Uh, it's more of an issue at, at 10 bucks a gram. But if we really want to compete with the black market and get something down, you know, a basic no-name product at $5 a gram, uh, you can't have 20% of that going to an excise tax and still have the industry uh, function. Yeah, it seems to me as if the government's only got a few levers they can pull here. You, you mentioned one being taxation, and as we know, when a tax is established, very rarely does it ever go away or is uh, lessened. So it, uh, it seems to me they're not going to pull that lever. Uh, do you think that we're just going to see an increased crackdown on the uh, black market uh, as this chasm between uh, illegal and uh, legal weed prices uh, grows? I, I hope we don't see a crackdown yet. And the reason I say that is there's no point in having a police crackdown until you have a legal alternative. Uh, so crackdowns, you know, prior to legalization, and that was the problem prior to legalization, you could have a crackdown, but unless you really expected people to give up smoking their pot, all you do is you shift their demand from uh, an open dispensary to somebody operating under the table. So it just shifted from one part of the black market to another. Um, once we have more stores here in Ontario, so, you know, we've got 25, we might be adding 50, uh, you know, to catch up to where Alberta already is. It just licensed this 176 store. Uh, we need about 585 here in Ontario. So was it a mistake, sorry to interrupt, but was it a mistake to go with this lottery system, and are we moving too slowly, do you think, when it comes to uh, legalization of marijuana? Uh, I think it was a mistake. Uh, we are moving too slowly, but I have to give the Ontario credit government some partial credit. Um, the underlying big problem is we just don't have enough legal cannabis being produced yet, the dry, smokable cannabis. There's enough oil, it seems, for the existing demand. Uh, but the producers whether it's having trouble growing stuff without it getting 
quality problems or whether they're having back uh, bottlenecks in their processing facilities. I think there's some of both happening, but the end result is they're not getting enough out the door yet. Uh, so because of that, Ontario, which was already behind because, of course, we switched from a liberal government, which wanted public sector cannabis shops, to a conservative government, which naturally prefers a private sector route, that delayed our stores. And then by the time we got around to starting to offer licenses, they realized, hey, there's not enough actual supply coming into the warehouses. We can't have 500 stores. Uh, so they decided to only offer 25. Was the lottery the good, a good approach? No, I think they should have gone with an auction. Uh, is 50 the right number to have now? Yeah, maybe it should be 75, 100, something like that. But Unfortunately, there isn't enough supply to just kind of open the floodgates yet. Okay, so we talk about a problem when it comes to the number of outlets and also uh, the amount uh, available, the uh, supply. How concerned should we be as uh, October is fast approaching and the legalization of uh, edibles? Are we going to see the same sort of uh, problems? Uh, To some extent, we will, and in some ways not. So, yes, uh, that rollout will be slow, but I think it's going to be slow in a more deliberate sense. Uh, so October 17th, yes, suddenly edibles are legal, um, but the way the government set it up, that's just the first date that producers can apply uh, for permission to sell. So, and Health Canada has the right to hold, uh, take 60 days to respond to that. So we're not going to see edibles actually show up on any shelves until uh, the middle of December. So you might be able to pick up something just before Christmas, <laughs> uh, a late Christmas present. For those of you who do your Christmas shopping the 24th of December, that might work out this year. Um, <laughs> but aside from that, uh, I think it's going to be a more gradual process. Producers are, are absolutely developing edibles right now. Uh, the uh, health, health Canada data on inventory suggests them are starting to stockpile cannabis oil, uh, which they can then use, particularly in the beverages. Uh, some of the skin creams, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, and they're testing out or trying out new designs. Unfortunately, because it's not legal yet, they can't do any taste testing with consumers. Um, so that's going to be another impediment, another delay. So we're going to start to see them appear in December, but it's going to be a more, I think, gradual appearance uh, rather than a rush. Oh my gosh, it's the 17th of October. We have to open the doors. Gotcha. You know, here I was. I thought we were just going to do a, a segment on marijuana prices, and it's uh, it's our Christmas in July. We're getting Christmas gift tip uh, <laughs> tip ideas from Michael Armstrong. Michael, thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Enjoyed the conversation. My pleasure. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.